What's going on, Neck Nation? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Neck Roots Podcast. As you know, I'm Austin Davis. Uh, we've got a, an awesome uh, guest with us today, Kenny Galladay. I've known Kenny for probably about 13, 14 years now. Um, and so, uh, kind of, Kenny, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. Yeah. I, um, you know, originally I, I was, uh, you know, born and raised in here in Mesa, Arizona. I've had, you know, quite the journey bouncing around to different places, uh, you know, around the world and, and in the country and, uh, have ran, you know, multiple businesses and stuff. And, and, um, uh, my wife and kids were, were back here in Mesa, Arizona after a long journey. There you go, man. There you go. Yeah, I've known you. I've known you for quite some time, and we've we went down to Mesa uh, middle of last year and visited you guys. And then you lived up here where I'm at for for quite some time. And uh, you know, I met you um, at Eastern Arizona College 14 years ago or something like that. And you were Ooh. playing football for them, right? And then uh, you came up here to uh, and played for University of Utah and uh, kicked the football around for them, and then. You started a, a, a business, uh, a gym, right? And then you were my personal trainer for four years or something like that while I was racing dirt bikes. And then uh, and then you sold that and then kind of moved down to Florida and opened up a solar division. I mean, you've just had, you've got a storied life, brother. You've you've got a lot going on. <laughs> a lot of headaches, yeah. a lot of headaches, but, but worth it though. Yeah. It makes me who I am today. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, we... We want to do something new on the podcast with our guests, and that is just trying to figure out what it takes to accomplish the things that that the guests or, or yourself has accomplished throughout their lives, right? You've done some pretty incredible stuff and had some pretty cool achievements. So I guess, you know, wherever you want to start, if it's at the at, uh, playing football or whatever, but uh, let's hear about it, Kenny. Let's hear what it takes. Sure. No, I appreciate it, Austin. Um, you know, I'm really grateful for this uh, this opportunity to be on your on your podcast. Um this gives a, a lot of uh, people um, kind of to, to kind of see a different angle of me. Um, most people hear that I've been I've been coaching and working with, and you know they see me as you know uh, Kenny's our weightlifting coach at the high school, and you know he played football and he's married, and, and that's kind of about it. Um, I really don't share a whole lot about myself, uh, probably because I, I've done so many things um, that had you know made me who I am today. But this will give a lot of people an opportunity to listen to me and kind of hear my story and, and, and about, you know, who I am and, and what makes me. Awesome. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, where do you want to start? You want to start at football? Yeah. Yeah. You know, football has definitely been uh, the biggest highlight for me. And, um, you know, I, I played high school football here in Mesa um, at Mountain View High School. I have a pretty uh, big background there. Uh, broke a lot of records and, you know, just uh, had a lot of awards and a lot of cool, cool stuff uh, that happened that uh, took a lot of hard work. Um, you know, none of that came easy. And um, yeah, I think I, I learned that as a as a younger man to, you know, that no one's going to hold my hand and, and help me accomplish a lot of this stuff. I, I had to figure a lot of things out for myself and to, uh, you know, reach my maximum potential. And um but what got me into college football um, was actually a after high school, I, I pretty much thought that I was done. You know, my career was done. And um, I, you know, it had been a few years since I'd played and I had a phone call from Mesa Community College. 
and they reached out to me and just said, Hey, would you be interested in, in coming out and trying out? We're, we're looking for a kicker on the team. And, you know, it probably had been about three, three years and, and, um, you know, I hadn't really kicked a whole lot since then. And so I said, sure, you know, why not? I'll, I'll try out. And, you know, there's a scholarship opportunity and, uh, yeah, I went out, there was about six, seven kickers and we had a little competition and we each kicked about 15, 20 field goals. The head coach is watching us and I wasn't really too nervous. Um, you know, that's, I've just been in that situation so much under that pressure, you know, kicking in front of people and all that stuff. I, I just didn't really care about that a whole lot. And, and things did work my way though. Um, I didn't miss a single field goal, nice. zero field goals. Yeah. I made every single one. You know, we went from the left hash, right hash, 35 yards, 40, you know, 50 yard field goal. I didn't miss a single field goal. And three of the kids halfway through our tryouts, they just were like, yeah, you got the job and they just quit and left. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and then it kind of went on, it went down to me and this other guy and, and we were kicking, I, I didn't miss anything. And, and the other kid, he just looked at me and goes, yeah, I'm not going to get this. So he walked off and the coach went, Hey, would you like to be our starting kicker? And, you know, I'm going to offer you a scholarship. And so I said, yeah, no, that's great. I'll get the cleats back on. And, and that's kind of how that, that started. And I, I played junior college football for a couple years. And then I went up to Utah, had a campus visit with, uh, with BYU, Weber State, University of Utah. And fortunately, University of Utah, when I went in and talked to their recruiter, you know, they watched my highlight videos from junior college. And immediately he just, he loved what he saw and just said, you know, can you still kick like this? And I said, well, I'm better than that now. Um, yeah. I haven't stopped training. You know, I, I keep going and I'm, and I'm going to find a place to go. And he said, no, we, we would love to have you here. Let's get you a locker. And, and, you know, they signed me up right there and became a university of Utah football player for, for two more years. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of how my football career continued. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to the time when I, um, when we first met, um, and probably what a lot of people don't realize, and I don't know if, if the kids that uh, you're coaching right now realize this, but, you know, we would go out at 6 o'clock or 6.30 in the morning. I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking a.m., right? And you would be out there on the football field, and you would just be booting these things, dude. Crack a dawn early in the morning, and you would practice and practice and practice, and you were already in junior college by this time, right? Like, you, you really didn't have anything to prove, to, to anybody, right? You, you, you were already well on your way. And, uh, I just remember like, you never, you really never missed. And there were times where you're like, Hey guys, like watch this. What well, just in, I don't think you were putting on a show, but you wanted us to see like, you know, what was possible as far as kicking field goals. Cause you watch NFL, right. And it's like, okay, 40 yards, 45 yards, 50 yards is a big deal field goal in the NFL, right? Nobody's really kicking past that. And you set this thing up like 75 yards out. In fact, maybe one time you even set it on the 25-yard line on the opposing side of the field, and you booted this thing, dude. And it echoed through that little junior college stadium, whatever we had out there. That field, it echoed and went right through those uprights, dude. And I just I couldn't believe it. And then I looked down at your shoes and your boot, your 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 kicking shoe, your cleat was stained red on top because you'd been kicking that ball so dang hard that you, your foot had started bleeding. 
Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, I don't remember how. I, I think that may have exaggerated a little bit, but it was pretty far. I don't. <laughs> oh, dude, it was at least is... 75 yards, man. That was, it was sailing, man. <laughs> I probably had a little bit of tailwind to help. Me <laughs> there you go. But it was huge. Um, it was just insane how far away that was. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I'm, I've, I've always been passionate about football. And, and even in high school, um, you know, this isn't even something that I love sharing this now. Um, but, um, you know, even in high school and, you know, I don't care anymore, but I actually made a key um, that I was able to pick the high school stadium lights and I was able to pick the lock and and turn on the stadium lights. And I would go to the high school field at, and this was my senior year. I would I would probably go about four four thirty in the morning before anyone was awake, and I'd go pick the lights. I'd turn on the stadium lights and I'd go out and kick footballs for about for about thirty minutes. And you know, cars would drive by. They're honking their horns. You know, some of those early bird people. And and I'd kick for about thirty you know thirty minutes. Five a.m. I'd shut the lights off. I'd go back home and go to sleep. It was it was in my blood. Um, it, that's all I could really think about was football, football, football. I mean, day and night, it just, it would keep me up at night. That's all I could think about. I was hungry about it and I just wanted to be the best. You know, that's, that's all I cared about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you have your heart set on something and it's, you know, it, usually I have my heart set on a Snickers bar and it's not too hard to get a hold of one of those. But when, <laughs> <laughs> when you have your heart set on playing football for, you know, a Pac-12 team back then, and now we're in the Big 12, right? They're the whole big shakeup. But when you have your heart set for playing in a college at that level, right, it is it is everything, right? It, it takes everything that you have, all your time, all your attention, right, if you want to make it. Would you, would you say that that's kind of how it, it was for you? Yeah, I mean, it really takes a lot. I mean, it's uh, it's interesting, you know, coming from the high school, everyone, you know, just talks about, oh, how amazing you are. You're all state. You're this and this. Once you get to that level, I mean, you're surrounded by other guys who were told the same thing when they were kids. You know, they were, you know, they were state champions. They were, you know, all region, all conference, all this. And now you're surrounded by 100 guys that were in the same shoes. Now you're going like, holy cow, like. To, like everyone is just as crazy as I am in this level. I mean, everyone on this team is obsessed with football Yeah, and just, I mean, it is a completely different level than, than, you know, junior college or high school. I mean, at that level, you got some guys that you probably don't want to hang out with them on the weekends. They're, they're <laughs> a little bit more uh, crazier than, than I was. Um, but that's, that's how it is at that level. Those guys, I mean, it's business. It's not, it's not so much just a game anymore. I mean, it's, it's embedded in the brain. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild once you get there. That's crazy. Um, well, I guess, you know, from that point, so when you went all through your college years and especially at university of Utah, you know, you were also working towards a degree, right? Um, and that degree kind of led into the next chapter of your life. So, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, it, what you did for, you know, what you were working towards while you were going to school and kind of how that led up to, to that next chapter. Sure. Um, you know, this was a, um, this was a, this was a, a pretty tough point of time in my life. Um, you know, as soon as football was over, it's almost like that identity of myself as the football player 
Um, it kind of, it, it almost felt like it was taken away into where I was trying to discover who I was. And, you know, after playing football for 15 years, you're just, you're just, and then it's, and then all of a sudden it stops. You don't really know, you don't really know who you are anymore. And it's actually, it's a, it's a real thing. Um, and so, I mean, you can call it a little bit of depression. I mean, you can call, man, those struggles, <laughs> you're up all night going, well, what do I do now? Uh, what, what is that next step? And, um, you know, fortunately I was able to, to marry my wife, Annie, who's been the, you know, the best, <laughs> the best companion I could ever ask for in this life. And, and, you know, she stood by me through every struggle that I've, you know, I've, I've had and, you know, post-college and, um, but, you know, when we got married, we, we got married here in Arizona and we moved to Utah and man, I, I had no idea what, what the plans were, you know, career, it just, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. All I knew was football. And, um, so I ended up getting a job working in a warehouse, uh, manual labor. I was getting paid 12 bucks an hour. I was filling up CO2 propane tanks and, uh, welding gas tanks and, and, you know, helping shipping and loading semi trucks. And, and I would do that at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd get up before my wife gets up and I would come home when my wife was getting in bed. I mean, that's, Jeez. that's how it was Monday through Friday. I mean, it was just, I had three jobs. I, I worked in the warehouse and then I drove to university of Utah. I had an internship. I was getting paid 13 bucks an hour. Uh, I was working as an intern in, in academics as an academic advisor. And then I went out and coached uh, youth sports. And then I went back to university of Utah and ran study hall for the athletes and getting paid, you know, 11 bucks an hour. And, and, and by the time I cleaned up, vacuumed the room, I mean, it's 10 o'clock at night. I get back home. My wife's already in bed. I've <sighs> literally not seen her the entire day. And that was Monday through Friday. And I mean, it, it was three and a half jobs almost. And, and, you know, I did that for a couple of years and to the point I started getting so much pain in my back and I, I started getting all kinds of problems with my bones and my hips started hurting. And, um, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't just, I wasn't eating well. There was just so much stuff going on. And, and, you know, it's, and that put a lot of strain on our marriage too. It's just, I wasn't hardly spending any time with my wife and she's getting frustrated. And, and, and so, you know, then it's just out of the blue, um, you know, my family reached out to me. They knew I was working my butt off trying to just keep our family going. We didn't have any kids yet. But I wasn't I wasn't making anything. I mean, we were just kind of just surviving. And I'm looking, is this is this me for the next 50 years? I mean, is this yeah. is this what I'm gonna do? And and I just start, yeah, I'm I'm going nuts. And my family goes, Kenny, you know, you're you're so good in the weight room, you're so good at coaching and you know, working with people. What you know, why don't you open up your own gym? And, you know, I, I go, well, I did intern at University of Utah in the weight room for a couple of years, too. And I didn't get paid anything for that, but I, I did get a lot of knowledge. And, you know, that was post football. And and so my family, they lended me five thousand dollars and they said, go open up a gym with five thousand dollars. Oh, man. So, I'm like, all right, well, it's, it, I got to find the right landlord. I got to find the right space. That's not a whole lot of money for equipment. Um, so I go, well, all right. So I'm online searching and searching. And eventually I found this big building that was practically empty, but there was 20 empty rooms and the landlord was pretty desperate to find some tenants. And, and I talked to him and I go, 
hey, can I can I get one of these rooms? And he's like, well, you were looking for a big room. I'm like, no, I'm looking for a small room. I don't have a whole lot of money. I want to try this out for maybe a year. And if it doesn't work, I'll just call it quits. And I'm looking for a one year lease. And he could tell that I was, you know, just wanted to try it out. And man, he would take anything that he could. And so he showed me this room in the corner and and just said, you know, this room's about 500 square feet. Sorry, there's broken glass everywhere. The walls aren't painted. It's all concrete. The carpet got ripped out. It's just, you know, this is all I can give you. And and I said, well, how much a month are you asking? He said, well, you know, how does 400 bucks sound to oh, start man. off with? And, and then we'll and then we'll slowly start increasing and. And I'm like, well, can you give me the first two months for free? I'm like, I literally have no clients. I have nothing. Like I am starting from ground zero. I'm working three jobs. I don't even know how much time I can spend in this place. And and super nice guy. And he goes, yes, I'll give you the first two months. First month, just trying to get it all situated. Second month and try to get some clients in there. So, you know, I, I'm painting the walls. I install mirrors. I... I buy some rubber flooring, make it look really nice in there. The rest of the building look kind of creepy because all the other rooms were empty. Um, but so, and, and I, I go online and, and I go to Amazon. I, I, I buy a bench. I get a bar. I get a couple dumbbells, nothing higher than 30 pounds because it got too expensive. And <laughs> right. I had some, some bands and a little fan in the corner. And I mean, that was it. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like... It looked, it was worse than a garage gym. I mean, it was just, there was nothing in there. And, and I go, well, here we go. And I'm like, I don't have any clients. So I go online. I'm on Facebook. I'm trying to reach out to friends and families and just no one's coming. No one's coming. And I finally just, I reached out to this random guy. Um, you know, I'm not going to mention his name, but I, I reach out to him just on, I think it was Facebook. And I go, Hey, do you want to come in for a free session? And he goes, sure, I'll come in. I don't know who the guy is. I'm just reaching out to random people. Yeah. And he comes in and he's just like, yeah, I just, I couldn't tell if this was the right place or not. Everything was dark. And I'm like, no, this is it. And he's like, all right. He's kind of creeped out. Cause it's <laughs> the, all the rooms were empty. It was, it was right. Creepy. And, and uh, thought he, he was gonna get and, uh, thought he was gonna get hacked while he was there, man. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, absolutely! No, it's it was, a, it was a creepy place, and um, he comes in and and uh, we do we do a workout, just kind of a basic workout. And I didn't mean to do it, but he threw up his first session. <laughs> oh and, man! And I was going, I just lost my first guy. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, I put I pushed him too hard and. And now he doesn't want to come back. And, and I'm like, I, I just messed it up. And, and he does the workout, goes home and text messages me and says, hey, can I, can I pay for 10 sessions in advance? And I go, holy cow. I'm like, all right. And, and just to remind you, I'm working all these jobs. Um, this session was probably at like 10 p.m. too. So oh my it, was, gosh. It, it was after work. I mean, I, did not, I had no sleep. I had no food. I it was late. And, and so he signs up, pays me for 10 sessions. And then, so we start doing it a couple weeks in, then he, he tells his, he tells a buddy of his, his buddy comes in and now we're working back to back. 
And now, now that buddy tells someone else and just, they're just saying, Hey, this coach Galladay, he's, he's really good. He, he knows what he's doing. And, and I can tell he really cares about me and all this stuff. And, and now I'm kind of sacrificing my lunchtime in the middle of the day to drive to the gym before I go to my next job. And so I'm squeezing that in. And then this person tells the next person, and then I'm getting referrals and referrals. And, you know, before I know it, I have five or six clients. And then, you know, the, the craziest part of this is after four months of opening this, this little tiny closet gym, I had already matched the amount of money I was making with all of my other jobs combined. Holy cow. And that was like, that was a sign right there. Kate, Kenny, you found your niche in your life. You're, you're a coach. You yeah. need to continue on doing this. So I quit all three of my other jobs and I went full time on this and, you know, my finance went up, but then it had a dip, you know, and, and, you know, so when I talked to Annie, I said, Hey, I, I, I promise, I feel like this thing's going to keep going up. And we're going to dip financially because now I'm cutting off three jobs. We're going to dip down and we just got to stick with faith and hope and hard work that it's going to climb and pass higher than, than ever. And so I quit everything and, and yeah, we dipped down, I mean, low, but I worked my butt off and we just kept going up and up and up to the point where I was now tripling the amount of money I was making with those other three jobs. I mean, it was, it was booming. Um, and so now I've got a TV in there. I've got a treadmill in there. I've got dumbbells up to 90 pounds. I've got all these plates. I've got, I've got all this fancy stuff that I want. I got a refrigerator, I got a bike. And so I slowly just start, I just keep feeding the gym. I'm just investing, yeah. investing, investing in it. And that way, when the clients are coming in, they're going, holy cow, look at all this new equipment. Oh man, like look at all this other stuff. And I'm going, right, right. It's getting exciting. And I got so busy that after the first two years, I was working from about 6 a.m. until about 9 p.m., just sessions back to back. And now we're running into that same problem. Um, I'm hardly seeing my wife again. I don't have time for her. And I'm spending so much time coaching clients. I'm going, I need help. I need to hire help. And so then I hire my first employee. And then we expand the gym, you know, we grow another space and now I've got three employees and then I got four employees. And then after four years, we go up and open up another place in, in Lehigh city. Now I got another gym there and, and then I hired a couple other people there to help out. And then, so it just kind of, you know, kind of just kept on growing, but um, yeah, pretty amazing journey on how, on, on, on how that went. And um, there is um you know, just to kind of back up a little bit, there was a, the timing on this was horrible, but I forgot to mention this. When I quit those three jobs to dip down and we were going up, um, half of my clients quit. Oh, man. And, and oh, yeah, a lot of people don't really say, you know, Annie remembers this, but we were going up and I quit all three of those jobs. And on that climb up, half of my clients quit. And it wasn't because I was doing a poor job. It wasn't because, you know, it wasn't a good system. It was, Kenny, I am so sorry, but I got fired from my job. Or, Kenny, I'm so sorry, but I'm moving. 
moving out of state and I won't be here or, you know, Kenny, I, I'm running into financial issues, has nothing to do with you. I mean, it was in one week, I lost half of my clients and my income got cut in half. And and that was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, and But I didn't stop, though. I kept working and trying to find people and just kept doing what I was doing. And eventually we, we were fine. But um, sometimes that happens when you're running your own business, just little nasty surprises come out. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, when you, this is the, this is the stuff that, uh, you really don't understand until you get into it. Right. You don't understand the, the hours, the time, the heartache, the stress, the risk, right. That, that goes into starting your own business or starting a gym or, or any of this stuff, right. There's so much, there's so much at stake and it's all on you, right? You're the one. You either make it or you break it. It's nobody else, right? And that's one thing about you, Kenny, is just uh, you know, your 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 tenacity, dude. I I've always looked up to it, you know. If if there's something that has to be done and you're in control of it, it's whatever it takes, man, to get it done. So that's awesome. And I remember, yeah. you know, while I was training with you at the gym, at one point, I mean the, the it it was booming, dude. You you expanded the gym inside that building. You took up a whole nother room. You completely filled that with equipment. And then you opened up another location, right? And then you filled that. The location was uh, 25 miles south of the, the one you had. And you filled that with equipment. And you hired on a bunch of other trainers, contract trainers, and had them training people. And, I mean, it was just it was awesome. And it finally got to um, a point where uh, you were going to – you were going to sell, right? Cause you guys were thinking of moving. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, you know, it, it, it was, um, it was expanding. It was on to this high point. I mean, our Google reviews, everything was just perfect. I mean, it was going up and up and up and, um, you know, my wife and I, we were, we were kind of ready to, to start another chapter in our life. And, and, you know, a lot of people go, well, Kenny, why'd you sell it? And I go, you know, honestly, I just, um, I'm ready to hand this over to someone else. You know, I'm just, I'm, I I love it, but I'm, I'm ready to do something else. I, I feel like there's something else out there for me and I was 100% correct about it. Uh, That's one thing that people have, you know, if you know me long enough, um, I'm someone who chases after my own personal happiness. I am never someone who just is complacent. Um, I, I hate, you know, just feeling you know, average, I'm always wanting to reach up and reach up and reach up, get to that next level just for my own personal growth. And, and my heart was just telling me there's something else out there for you. And, and it's time to hand this over to someone else who, who's passionate about, about the weight room. Um, so it was, it was a really hard decision. I mean, it was my baby. I, I, you know, I grew it and, um, and, um, it's, yeah, I knew I had a good thing going, especially through the whole COVID thing. There was, man, there was about three gyms kind of around my area that ended up shutting down um, because they just, they couldn't survive it uh, financially. They just couldn't do it. And my clients were so, so loyal and they just loved the gym so much. And I'm so, I couldn't be more grateful for them. And, and they never stopped training with me, whether it was virtual or in person, like the gym actually did just fine. 
Um, I and and not to mention, I opened up my other gym location during COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. And I, 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 I kind of joke around that with people. I'm like, man, I might be crazy, but I think I'm the only person who's probably expanding their gym during COVID when you're not, yeah. you're not supposed to <laughs> be doing any of that. But um, I didn't care. Like, it's just I don't know. It's a confidence thing. It's um, if you just believe in it and just go full go, there's just nothing to be scared of. And and, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who just talk about their dreams and stuff. And I'm like, man, just stop talking and just do it. Just yeah. go for it. And otherwise, you're going to have regrets. And if it fails, whatever, big deal, it fails and move on to the next thing. And so that's just kind of my attitude towards I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go 100%. And I am confident that I'm going to make it work. And it did. And it did fine. And, it, you know, after the whole COVID thing, it just kept booming and people were coming in and uh, but yeah, I eventually I did sell it and and uh, moved moved on and we went to Florida. Yeah, yep, I remember that. In fact, uh, my company, the one that I work for, is based out of Florida. And there were uh, there was a time that I came and I was able to visit you when I was driving from Fort Myers up to Orlando because I think you were down in like Davenport or something like that. And you were there. You were there for like a year, right? <laughs> About eleven months. Eleven months. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember that. And then, you know, that, uh, I guess that didn't turn out exactly the way that you thought it would. You definitely weren't coaching there, but, uh, you know, how did that real quick, how did that work out? Yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was painful. Um, you know, I was hired on to open up a, a solar branch over there just, you know, because I've been successful, um, you know, opening up my gyms and just managing, running a business and all that. So I got picked up for it. And, you know, the the owner had a, had all the faith in the world in me. Just, you know, Kenny, you're going to figure it out because you're that kind of guy. You'll just, you'll figure it out. There's problems. You'll figure out how to fix it and you'll do it. And and he wasn't wrong, but um, it was, uh, it put a pretty, put a pretty big toll on me. I mean, we, we bought a really nice home there. Um you know, we were next to all the, the Disney parks. We were, weren't too far from the beach and, you know, I had all that, but, um, it was pretty strenuous. I, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a challenge to, to manage a lot of people had phone calls throughout the night, you know, 1am, 2am answering phone calls, uh, you know, driving around Florida, um, going to different properties, doing a lot of inspections and stuff. It, it, um, it, that, that kind of started to wear me down. And, and the other part too, is I, I really miss coaching, you know, not, not yeah. so much the gym, the, the business, but I think coaching in general, um, the further away I, I became from that, I started to really miss it. I felt like there was something even more waiting for me out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that opportunity finally came, right? Yeah, it did. Um, it, uh, so I had a phone call, um, you know, this is 11 months into Florida and I get a phone call from, from, uh, the high school that I went to at, at Mountain View high school in Mesa. And I get a phone call from coach from three different coaches. And then I get a phone call from the athletic director. And then I talk to the principal and they go, you know, Kenny, we would, we've looked at your resume and you went to school here. We would love to have you come back and, and help us out in the weight room and, and help out with the football players. And, and, you know, would you like to come back? I know it's a lot to ask for. And, um, you know, the, the solar business was pretty strenuous. It did, it was paying, paying pretty well. And I knew that, uh, becoming a teacher and, and, you know, becoming coach on campus, um, I would take a financial hit. 
um, a pretty yeah. a pretty big one. But then again, that just kind of goes back to you know what what do I enjoy doing? Um, you know what will make me happy? Because ultimately in Florida, I wasn't I wasn't one hundred percent happy. I I really miss coaching, but now here's an opportunity where I get to work with teenagers. Um, I get to work with the the youth of of of, of the U.S. I mean, you know, I get to work with these young young men, young women, and to help inspire them. And and uh, you know, just that opportunity itself, I go, man, this is worth it. I need to go. I need to go because I know I'll do good at it, and and this this will make me happy. So um, made that move, and so I've been here in Mesa, and been coaching. It hasn't been quite a year yet. It's been a little over a semester. Uh, but I've been able to develop a lot of great relationships um, on campus at the high school. The kids have been excellent. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I, I love, love what I, what I do. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you got back to, to doing coaching and doing what you love, man. It, it, you know, talking to you now versus talking to you when you were in Florida, you could definitely tell that you know, that joy and that happiness has definitely come back into your life. So that's awesome. And that kind of leads right into the question that, that uh, we always ask, right? Which is, Kenny, why do you feel like it's important to get back to and embrace your roots? Man, I, I think, uh, you know, that uh, I think that all comes back down to, you know, who, you know, th- there's there's one thing that I, I share with people and I don't mind sharing it, you know, with, with you guys and anyone else who's listening and, and you can call me spiritual or religious or, or whatever you want. I, I don't, I don't care. That's one thing. I don't care what people think about me. You know, I live yeah. life the way that I want to and judge me, whatever. I really don't care. Um, but uh, one of the things that I always felt like, you know, my, my purpose in this lifetime is, you know, my calling is to is to coach and to inspire and to influence others and and I did that I did that in you know even as a teenager I, I helped a lot of people around me um, and and I coached a lot of kids and I've just done a, done a, a lot of stuff to help people out and and I love helping uh, there's there's nothing more important to me than just just helping and serving others and and so you know, for me to start off that way and then kind of, you know, I don't know, flood away from it. And, and not that the solar business was bad, but, um, you know, going into that, I just, that wasn't me. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my calling on, on earth. You know, I feel like, I feel like God sent me here to help and serve and serve others and, and being put into this position to come back here to Mesa where, where I grew up and being a part of this community again it gives me that opportunity to, to help a lot of people here. And, and I knew that was the right decision um, based off of the feedback that I got from a lot of parents. You know, as soon as I moved back here, a lot of people remember me here and they were so thrilled when they knew that I was coming back to Mesa and they go, yes, you know, Kenny's going to work with our teenagers. He's going to work with my kids. And, and we were so excited. And, and at that point that kind of just, you know, just confirmed to me more like, Hey, coming back to your roots, coming back here was, was the best decision. When I I talked to you when you were in Florida doing that solar thing, I knew that this was something you wanted to venture out and try. And it wasn't all bad, dude. There was a lot of experiences that, that you would learn. And you told me about that, but you know, there was just something about it that 
it didn't quite seem like the Kenny that I knew, right? And so when you told me about that opportunity to go back and, and start coaching again, I was like, you know what, dude, this is this is Kenny's calling. So I, I love that. That is that is textbook what it means to get back to your roots, right? I mean, you and this happens to all of us, right? This this and you know, I'm I'm probably going through it right now. Um, in fact, I'm not probably going through it. I can tell you I'm going through it right now. Like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get back to my roots. That's, and that's all of us. That's all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It is all of us, but you know, get back to the things that I love and you've gotten back to, back to the thing that brings you joy and brings you happiness. And you've recognized that and realized that. And I think, you know, that that's the message for all of us, right? Which is when you get back to doing those things, when you get back to embracing your roots and and kind of letting those guide your life, right? It it it's just easier to attain that happiness, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it's and, and this is a, a really this is a, a pretty important quote that has stuck with me for so long. Um, and this is what kind of drives me a lot. I think about this all the time. But uh, Denzel Washington actually gives a really good quote. You know, he says. You know, he said the last thing you ever want is for you when you're older and you're in your deathbed and you're surrounded by your ghost of ideas, you know, and you're and these ghosts of ideas are looking at you in your deathbed going, why didn't you bring me to life? You know, you had so many opportunities to bring me to life. Why didn't you do it? And now you're old and you're in your deathbed and it's too late. You know, you could have brought me to life. Why didn't you do it? Yeah. And that's that's something that I just I live by that every day. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. No, and you embody that for sure, man. You've brought a lot of life to these ideas and these dreams, man. So well that's awesome. Well, why don't you give a, a little plug to to kind of what you're doing now? I know that you you know you're you're doing stuff uh with the high school down there and, and coaching those kids, but don't you also do some stuff on the side, like some some coaching for kids on the side outside of that as well? Oh yeah. So, you know, that's one of the things is, you know, it's, uh, it's not a lie when people say teachers don't necessarily, you know, we're not millionaires, you know, uh, and that's not, that's not really what I'm shooting for, but, um, I do have two kids now, Mila and Max and, um, and just to be able to support them, I've had to, you know, kind of expand on, on my experience and, um, with my talents and, you know, it's, uh, it's like that quote, you know, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah. And, right. And, and I, I do live by that as well. And so, you know, along being a, a coach on campus and being a teacher, um, I do run youth camps, which it has been, it's, it's been doing awesome. You know, once parents hear the word of, of me being able to help out their kids and influence them and, and the parents know that their kids are in a good atmosphere. There's no bowling. There's no name calling. Kids are learning how to do all kinds of crazy lifts and and learning, you know, the fundamentals behind it. It's a safe, the safe area. Um, you know, the kids aren't going to get picked on, and because they, they know I'm going to take care of all the youth. And um, so I have been able to do some youth camps. And when I first moved here, I thought my my first youth camp, I thought I was going to have like 15 kids. Uh, but my first youth camp, I ended up having 120 kids signing up. Oh my god! And, and this was the word had just spread in in like five weeks. And I had 10 kids signed up in the first week, and then by the time my camp started, I had I had 120 kids. Gosh, um, dude! 
And so it's, uh, yeah, it's real, but I'm passionate about it. And, and I want to continue on doing that. And, and uh, yeah, I, I love doing it and, and I'm happy with what I'm doing. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy about that, bro. I'm happy for you that, uh, that you're doing something and you feel like it's fulfilling your life. That's so great. So, and thanks for being on today, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for telling your story. Thanks for, for kind of letting us know what it takes to, to accomplish the things that you've accomplished. Hey, I appreciate you, Austin, and, and thanks for anyone else who's watching. And I'm, and I support Austin 100% in the podcast. And yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Well, that's the story, Neck Nation. Uh, you know, it takes grit. It takes hard work. It takes time. It takes being comfortable with risk, right? Kenny's story, um, what it took for him to to accomplish those things. Uh, it's It's an example for all of us, right? And so we'll leave you with that. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we're on there. Just find us, Neck Roots Podcast, uh, on YouTube, obviously. So if you like this video, be sure to like and share this and subscribe, right? The more people you share it with, uh, the more the more can hear these messages and feel inspired and get some hope in their life. But uh, we'll go ahead and leave you with that. Thanks so much. <laughs>